Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Man, show in front of the show, Tennessee House Democrat Vince Dixie, my man in Nashville, my my rep, fifty fifty four, the best district district in state Tennessee, helping people out in Tennessee, making it better for them. Vince, my man, Sudan Booty, what's up, boy? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm to, doing uh, good. See. Summer in the ATL, Vince has been looking great, man, so far. He says, look good so far. Yeah, summer looking good, not too hot, not too humid, so I'm loving it right now. Well, it's not good. In Nashville, the heat index is going to be 109 today. So uh, I can't say the same. <laughs> wow. And, uh, it's going to be 96 with a heat index of 109. So I'm oh, going to try yeah. to stay inside. And as soon as I can, I'm going to take this towel. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, Vince, you have a big fundraiser coming up for your birthday, man, at the Bedford. Tell us about that, man. So, well, what is, I'm going to have a, uh, my campaign uh, um, political campaign uh, fundraiser. And uh, so my birthday is actually the 20th. So, and uh, someone was like, well, why don't you just do a birthday slash fundraiser? So we're going to have some fun, have some food, have some drinks, have a cigar bar, have a nice band, got a DJ. So come party with me, hang out with me and uh, help raise some money, keep me in my seat so that I can uh, continue doing the work that we need to do. But uh, sometimes just a way to blow off some steam and just have fun. Let people know that, man, I'm, I'm just a regular person, just like everybody else. And, you know, I, I just want to hang out with my friends and my constituents and make new friends and, and 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 just let people know, man, I'm out here for them trying to and talk to them. And I'm touchable, that I'm not untouchable, that you have to make an appointment to talk with me. You can just catch me where you can. Catch me at Kroger's, catch me at Exxon, catch me at the Shell, wherever it is. Just, just talk. Yes, yeah, so like I said before, people, you can see him around, like. He'll be around, boy, though. He's, he's raising around history. He he's very accessible. He's not one of them guys like, nah, he's that dude for real. Trust and believe. That's Mr. Dixon. He'll mm -hmm. take care of you, and you should vote for him in the, our district. Seriously. If you don't vote, vote for him. Because I said so. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's helping the people, man. He's doing things for us out here in Tennessee, man. So, also, went down to Chattanooga, man. I saw the pictures on Instagram. Tell us about that trip down there, man. How fun was it getting to Hamilton County, get down with those that people down there, and, and get, engage them as well? So one of the things that I've been doing, we have a new uh, Tennessee Democratic Party chair. His name is Hendrell Remus. And Hendrell is working really hard to kind of bring the party together. And uh, what Hendrell and my counterpart in the Senate, her name is uh, Senator Ramesh Eckberry, um, we three have decided that we're going to work together to make sure that in Tennessee Democrats have a singular message that we all sing from, right? Um, the problem is that as Democrats, we, you know, we have all these causes because we're the big tent and people don't know what, what do you really stand for? So we want to make sure that we work together. This is something that hasn't been done in a very long time. Just the communication between the party and the caucuses, showing people that, you know, we are united and we have to all be united in order to change that 
Tennessee. We all want to want to change, turn it back blue. At least for the uh, meantime, let's turn it purple. And no, I love purple, but you know, for different reasons. But uh, throw but, off uh, your sign. Throw off your sign. <laughs> 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 you know. So, but we can start with purple first. Then we can get to blue. You know. So uh, we we'll get it done. And so I. I um, appreciate them working you know working with me and because we, we try to have a consistent message message it's, it's about you know economics man it's about education it's about health care but we got to make sure we got to break it down and like do you have enough money to pay your bills do you have enough money to buy keep food and buy food to put on your table and if you get sick can you go see a doctor those are the three things and then of course the overarching thing is we have to be definitely got to get uh, medical and recreational marijuana passed here it's, it's way beyond that time for that oh yes and i'll say spanning medicaid to spanning 10 care because uh yeah so we we've learned that we cannot use that term expand medicaid here in tennessee oh okay. it just doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't matter that's why you have to simply just make it as simple as possible if you get sick can you go see a doctor now you think about it and, and think about it it's not really expanding medicaid is not necessarily um about health care it's a healthcare is a byproduct. Stick with me here. I'm a numbers guy, and I'm bringing back home for you in a second. So you think about it. <clears throat> if you expand Medicare, Medicaid, and you, it's really going to impact the rural areas mainly, right? Because a lot, especially that's been exasperated by this pandemic. A lot of them lost their jobs. They don't even have. They don't have any insurance, right? But at least this would provide them some coverage. And even people who are underinsured. They don't realize that they don't that they don't realize that they don't have adequate insurance. So they're just like, oh, I got insurance until that bill hits. And then they were like, oh, I really guess I didn't. So that's why we can't say expand Medicaid. We just got to say, if you get sick, can you go see a doctor? Now, imagine if, you know, we expanded Medicaid, you get, you know, what, almost $1.7 billion flowing into the state on an annual basis. That's going to get hospitals back open. That's going to get jobs back in those hospitals. And when you do that, that's going to bring the kids from those smaller counties, they're going to come back home to work because now they have a place that they can live, they're proud of, that's growing, that's thriving. So that, and then that, that hospital becomes a, helps increase your property tax base. And when you increase your property tax base, you can have the services that you want. You can have better schools, you can have more fire, more policemen, you can pay your teachers more, but it all comes down to just expand Medicaid. But what it does is, it's really an economic issue because mm-hmm. think of that, that hospital is an economic driver for that, those areas. And think about it, now that they don't have jobs in those areas, these are great jobs. These are not just jobs, these are careers that people can have. You can attract talent back to these to your town because they don't have the doctors anymore. They don't have nurses because they come to the big city. So let's, I think that's one of the things that we have to work on, you know, work on that. And how do we frame that so that it resonates and people stop electing people that's literally killing them. Yes, because uh, like you said, uh, like McKenzie, that's the one that got closed up there, you know, uh, Northwest Tennessee, Dyersburg, Martin up that way. So you're like, you either got to go over, over the line of Kentucky, you go to go to Jackson or go to Memphis to get, get taken care of. And in mm-hmm. that time, you can die if it's something serious, like a heart mm-hmm. attack or a blood clot aneurysm. You can die if you can't get somewhere within 15, 20 minutes of your, of your home. Yeah. If you have a stroke, you know, everybody knows that uh, having a stroke is time sensitive. And there's a, a time period that if you can get to a hospital in a certain amount of time, that the effects are reversible. But after that, they aren't. So it, it's all about the proximity of a hospital as well. And you think about in these rural areas, it may be something that's 
um, let's say it's 20, 30 miles away, which is not close, but not far. But you have to realize the terrain you got to go through. So it's not a straight 30 miles. You got to mm-hmm. go around grinding roads. Yeah, so that 30 miles might take you an hour and 15 minutes to get there. So, you know, we have to you know Democrats are for the average working common person. That's most of us are in the middle. We've let the people on the far right and the far left scream so loud that they're drowning out the people in the middle and we're getting forgot about. And so we just got to make sure, just get back to common sense stuff, man. Can you pay your bills? Can you put food on your table? And if you get sick, can you go see a doctor? That's it. Most definitely. And Vincent, look, and look throw in a little marijuana in there. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's money <laughs> right there. That's money right there for sure. Now, Vince, look at this, man. Like, I see the governor talking about, you know, he cut the the money from, from the federal government there, but he's going to do a tourism commercial, you know, spend 11000 on pr- promoters for that. But you don't want to give people in your state money to help them survive, have food to put on their tables, get some health care, you know. So, like, the priorities of the Tennessee GOP events, in my mind, are not for the people. They're for big business only and tax breaks and helping themselves enrich themselves. And I'm like, the people in Tennessee are suffering. And I hate when I read a story on the Tennessee Holler or Tennessee or see you tweet some or somebody tweet something. I'm like, seriously? It makes me sick when I'm to my stomach, man. I want to help you all so bad and get the word out because we need to change this for you guys up there, man. Because Tennessee deserves better, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if you always see how I end my text or tweets or anything, it's always leadership matters um, because it, who's in charge matters. Our governor has, he's very short. And I can't just say the governor. It's the governor and the Speaker of the House, they're very short-sighted in seeing what happens here. For the governor, I don't know who's advising him, but it, for the governor to take away the $300 for people, um, for the unemployment for this time, saying that there are jobs in Tennessee, there are not jobs, there are jobs in Tennessee, there are jobs in Nashville, in the big cities. They're not job, jobs in McEwen, Tennessee, or in um, O'Brien County, Ray County. Those jobs have left and never coming back. So when you hear in Tennessee, and you're in Nashville, and he's like, okay, well, we're going to cut the unemployment. Well, here in Nashville, you might can go get a second job, right, and, and, and be okay. But if you live in one of those counties, in Sevier County, Cook County, Cock County, however it's pronounced, Washington County, think about it. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You're going to move to Nashville for a $15 an hour job, and you still can't afford to live in Nashville? So I'm just saying people have to wake up. You got to start voting for your own interests. Right. But people, what the problem is, people are getting caught up in these culture wars, you know, this CRT and transgender stuff. Those things, they're very important, very important. But we got to make sure we take care of the bread and butter bills. And we also can all work together to make life better for everyone. That's the goal. And uh, the governor has a very lack of understanding of how government works and what government is supposed to do and the role government is supposed to play in people's lives. We're not supposed to be overreaching is what they're doing all the time. You know, they, they're, they're um, upset about uh, requiring masks in, in, um, in, in, in schools this year. That's, that's, that's government overreach, right? So now you have Democrats fighting for smaller government and local control. It, it, it's, it's weird, you know, yes. but that's what, but the problem is that's what we've always been about as Democrats, but that narrative was taken away from us um, because they had a better marketing plan. They had a better messaging plan. We're all over the place. We have to be more streamlined. 
I, I believe in the people in Tennessee, and I think that they want better. And they, as you said earlier, they deserve better. They deserve leadership that's actually going to make their lives better and not looking at down the road because I want to become the next president. I'm down at the border because I want to be the next president. I'm doing things around the state to show I'm tough because I want to be the next governor. You know, things of that nature. My goal right now, I don't want to be anything but a state representative. Now that I'm the chairman of the uh, House uh, Democratic House Caucus, that's my job to be the best chairman. And to be to be the best chairman that I have to do, to be, my goal is to, not my goal, my job is to protect my incumbents and plain and simple, put more butts in seats. I need to get more Democrats elected. And how are we going to do that? I'm going to do that by fundraising, getting the message out, going back to what they said. That's why you're going to see me in Hamilton County. You're going to see me in Shelby County. You're going to see me in Knox County and everywhere in between because we have to do this as a state. For some reason, as Democrats, we think that uh, politics only happened in Nashville. They happen all across this state, and we got to get everybody involved. When we were down there in Hamilton County, and then I was in Shelby County on the 31st of July, people are excited, man. They're ready. They're ready to go. You know, I hate to use the Obama uh, term, you know, they people, but people are fired up and ready to go because they're 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 ready for something different, and they know that we deserve better as Tennesseans. Long-winded answer. Exactly. No, you're good, Vince. You're good, man. And like, let's just look at Shelby County. The Memphis Bridge has just reopened. That's infrastructure. You know, all that money that we could be using towards infrastructure will allow the Memphis Bridge to be down, causing all that strain on the other bridge that's older, right? So Bill mm-hmm. Lee's not worrying, and Jeffrey not worrying about the big picture in Tennessee infrastructure. Like, even going to Atlanta from Nashville. Like, let's look. I right, Vince, you probably remember this, but those rest areas were closed for a long time. Like, that's not good. Like, you're driving hours by rest areas to, to stop. And, you know, the bridges over over the Tennessee River, this isn't in the best condition, to be honest with you. Costs going to Atlanta. So, like, there are things, infrastructure-wise in Tennessee that could be, need to be addressed that are not. Or going to Memphis, that I-40 project's been going on for years, not completely due to Jackson. I'm so happy that this infrastructure bill passed right yes. now tennessee has no choice but to address some of those issues and in here in nashville and across the state we have an issue with um these old pipes we have a lot of pipes that's bursting especially around downtown you know you see nice shiny new buildings but what we haven't uh replaced is that the infrastructure the pipes the sewer you know all those type of things and so those things are old those are over 100 years old so this money could help that and guess what that does? Brings jobs. Yes. You know, and we got to make sure that money move, flows down to the average person. We, that's that's my job to make sure we don't need any more billionaires because of this. We need to make more middle class families. That should be the goal. Yes, most definitely. And like you said, because Tennessee, a lot of jobs in Tennessee are bottom basement minimum wage jobs. I'm not saying but people that can't take care of people's family. You still have on the, the poverty line. So you have to get Medicaid and food stamps. So if you get too much money, you can't even get that. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's like a kid's 22. What what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. so it's like well, Tennessee needs to attract jobs, $50 an hour at minimum and higher. So people can actually have, have a living wage and have jobs based on what town you're in. Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Jackson will be much more than somewhere in, up in Martin or Dyersburg or Johnson City or wherever. Our own county, so like we jobs have to kind of 
the state needs to kind of look at this, Vincent. I know you all understand it, but make the jobs to where the, the people live at, cost living wise. Because if right. you don't, you still don't stop on survive. Yeah, well, imagine if everybody had a job. They had one job that I, I, let's say they had a career because like uh, sometimes jobs can be mis misleading. And and the, to go back to what you're saying is we do have jobs here, but we have some jobs that people just aren't qualified for. So we have a workforce development problem. We got to make sure we get people that are able to fill these jobs. Number one, um, number two is that these jobs. If if someone if people or families they only had one job and somebody hadn't worked two and three jobs just to to make ends meet, they can spend more time with their family. They can get more time with their kid. They can eat dinner with them, talk about how their day went, help them with their homework. You see how it makes the whole family better if someone has a real good job and that they can make sure, it, it just makes the community better. You're gonna have better behaving children in school. You're not gonna have people out committing crimes because they gotta get up and go to work in the morning because they don't wanna lose their good paying job, right? They know that this job is allowing them to take care of their family financially, giving them everything that they need. And they have now they have time to actually be there to raise their children. So it, it is only fair that we, we work toward making that happen for every Tennessee. And giving them that 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 particular every Tennessean that wants it, that wants to work, this is something that we should be working for. Most definitely, Vince. That's so important there, man. And let's go out to the schools again. The Tennessee Republicans are threatening to pull funding if this CRT or mass mandates and like really? Since it's one of the lowest states in the country for education, you want to pull funding on top of it not being one of the best in the, in the nation. And is you're trying to affect people's ability to learn because if you have education, you can help go vocational route, get you a job in that, go to community college, go to four year. So you're hurting people's opportunity to be better themselves down the road. So what are your thoughts on that and what they're doing? I, I saw one of the Instagram posts that was, was their game anyway. So tell us more about that, man. What's, what's interesting is, you know, I see a lot of memes that, and one that, that comes to mind and says, you know, imagine being ashamed of your history, so ashamed of your history that you uh, won't teach it to your kids. And, and everybody, everybody's heard this saying that, you know, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And nobody, nobody's saying that, you know, this is what you are now, but this did happen and you can't sweep it under the rug. And this, this happened, you know, most, you know, a lot of people that, that were slaves, so, let me back up, not a lot of people, people that were slaves were kidnapped Taught, brought to another country that they didn't know anyone of, and they were taught a new way of life to be in servitude. That to understand where somebody's coming from, to know their background, that helps you have a better understanding of that person. Like for me, when you tell me, "Hey, man, I, I grew up off uh, Trinity Lane," I, I I know that you may not, you may have where you where you come from a little bit right so i can i can identify with you because like oh man i didn't grow up but i do from there so we can have some kind of identity and we can relate a little bit better but what i don't know about you because i grew up in madison right i grew up in a totally different area from you but we can still be friends because we understand and we can learn from each other and mm -hmm. so i'm a i'm a product of a mixed income level um school in neighborhood my best friend, since we've been friends since nine years old, both his, his dad was a dentist, his mom was a doctor of education. So they're well-to-do people. He was my best friend, but we went to the same school, right? But because of his influence and his, his he being with me and his parents, you know, knew the value of dollar, taught 
both of us the value of a dollar, it was able to help me. And I'll tell you, this is a true story. The only reason that I applied to college, I applied to two colleges, Dillard in New Orleans and Morehouse College, got accepted to both. And the only reason I applied to college was because all my friends did. You know, my mom was, she knew that college was something we wanted to do, but my mom was, you know, she never made over $28,000 a year. She was had her head down buried trying to make sure that we had our needs met, right? In which we sometimes we didn't always have them met, but all we, she was, that was her goal. And so we have to make sure that we understand that we, we influence people around us. And it's our obligation, it's an obligation to, to me to reach back and help someone. Um, because someone, I wouldn't be where I am if someone didn't help. Nobody would be where they are if somebody didn't help you. You wouldn't be where you are. Nobody, yes. nobody is self-made in this, in this world. Nobody is self-made. Somebody did something along the line to get you where you are. Even if you inherited something, somebody made that sacrifice for you, right? Mm. So we have to make sure that we get back to, man, just being genuine people, man, just loving each other and making sure we want what's best for you. I want you to succeed so much that it, it'll, it, because I know your success is going to help me become a better person. You're going to push me as long as I push you, right? And we've gotten turned away somewhere. And when you start looking at this CRT stuff, these culture work, man, you know, as Democrats, we're going to stay away from those arguments because they, they draw us into those arguments. We can't win. We can't win. Um, because people's feelings get involved. And what I want to do is I want to try to just stick to the facts. You know, we know that what happened, we know slavery was was bad. We know what was going on with the um, Civil War, why it was bad. We know about all this other stuff. But there are some good things that people overcame in those times to make sure we had a lot of inventions that came from there that from Black people. And it's so, I don't understand why it's such a big deal. And I'm going to tell you, this is really why I don't understand, because it's not even taught in Tennessee schools. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's not taught at all in Tennessee schools, like and not once. So, but what it what happens is because Republicans they don't have any real meat and potato issues. They're so con they're so concerned about holding on to power and how they can make more money for their, themselves and them friend their friends instead of actually like what am I going to do to help people. Exactly. What am I going to do to make your life better? And that's what we're going to do here. So CRT is something, it's a distraction. That's all it is. It's just a distraction. We don't, we don't teach that here in Tennessee. So now that we kind of quelled that, now we have an issue with requiring masks in elementary schools, or I mean in schools in Tennessee, which makes no sense to me, makes none to me. Um, because as a parent, my job is to protect my kids. So you telling me I can send my kids to school and sit next to an unmasked, unvaccinated child that probably has been exposed, especially in this day and age with this Delta variant that's very, it runs very rampant and it's and very uh, uh, it's spread very quickly. So as a parent, I want to make sure that my child is taken care of, right? And my child is safe. And the government has an obligation to provide a free healthy, safe environment for my child to learn in. How is that safe? Even if you get, let's just take it back, even if you get a cold, mm -hmm. people say stay at home, right? Or if you get sick, think about chicken pox. If you get the chicken pox, you stay at home, yes. right? Because it's so contagious. And, you know, I, I just don't understand 
how, you know, kids can adapt. If that's what they have to do in order to get this through it, as adults, if we had to all just buckle down, did what we're supposed to do, we probably wouldn't be here right now. But the problem is we have made mask wearing a political statement. Yes. And that's ridiculous. And it's almost crazy that you can tell how someone voted depending on their views on, wear, on wearing a mask. That's ridiculous. Yes. This has nothing to do with this. And then this is the craziest argument that I've heard so far, that the Republicans say, well, the government shouldn't mandate this. They should go talk to their um, physicians. They should go talk to their doctors and they should consult and do what's best for their family. Every doctor has already, every doctor in the United States that's credible has said, wear a mask. So what are you, you, you just spinning. You're just spinning us. And if every doctor has already said, we need to wear a mask to help prevent this particular disease from spreading. Why are we going around and around about this? It's because they don't have any meat and potato issues. It's all about control. Here in Tennessee, this mask issue is a, is an end around the, the judicial system to get vouchers reinstated. I said this two weeks ago before all this stuff happened. That's all that they're trying to do. Now they want, you saw what happened in Florida. They're going to take their cue from Florida, say, oh, well, if you don't want to go to a school that's requiring masks, well, you can take them out and then take your money and go somewhere else. But let's, well, let's, let, what if we all do what Shelby County did? They, and that's really why we're having a special session, that in Davidson County, because they always want to want to pick with us. Shelby County said, their health department said, we require masks for all schools, public or private. So now you take the money where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. right you said so we got to make sure you know and then now so we'll come we'll have a special session they'll make some laws to do some stuff like that but what this is one of those things where people have to stand up and fight for what's right it's one of those things it's just like if it's right we, i don't care what your political views are you have to do what's right and if you uh, if you truly love your children then you're going to protect them at all costs not send them into harm's way and, and, and sending my child to school in, without a mask or letting them sit next to a, cat, a, a child with no mask is asinine, especially now, especially in an elementary school where every kid that's 12, 11 and under can't get vaccinated. So, and then my other flips out there, I know I'm giving this long question. Are no, you good? Take your time. The, the other part of that is that these kids can't get vaccinated. So what happens when they're exposed to uh, someone in their house or that someone in their house catches it and they bring it to school and they give it to the teacher and it passes on or it spreads throughout the school, they start to get it. What do we do then? Since, you know, we can't go to remote learning, can't do any of all this other virtual stuff. So what, what are we going to do? Are we gonna, and you don't want us to close the school down. So what, what are we going to do? So wouldn't it make more sense to, for, to protect everybody on the front end have some protocols and some more testing when kids come in and they have some reporting that if someone in their family catches this or has contact that they let the principal know so we can start to, you know, contact trace and quarantine. There's no appetite for this common sense, these common sense measures. Most definitely. And Vincent, I'm scared. I have cousins at Hunter's Lane, White's Creek and Haynes School who I'm worried about because I can't have them around me. I have asthma. You know, and I don't want them to bring me something because they can't get vaccinated or they ain't vaccinated. So I'm like, I'm worried for my family members who are still up in Tennessee, Nashville, in school right now because I told them when I come to town, you can't, you can't come see me because I don't know who you've been around, what you've been around. I don't want it. Yeah, well, same thing. My wife, she teaches at elementary school. So 100% of her kids are not vaccinated, right? 
even though she's vaccinated and she probably chooses to wear a mask and she will wear a mask, but there's an opportunity that she could possibly contact this, right? Because these kids, they aren't vaccinated, they aren't, they can't possibly not be masked. So like you, I have an underlying condition as well. I have diabetes. I know it's hard to believe when you look at this specimen of a body, but yeah, but I do have diabetes. And so that could be fatal to me. And we take care of our 80 year old father, right? So that could be, you know, you have opportunity to get something that could literally kill me, you know? And I tell my daughters when they go to school, wear your mask, stay, you know, wear, do what you're supposed to do, social distance, wash your hands, because if you catch something, you could kill them. And, yes. you know, and, and, and that's real. And I, and I hate that I have to talk to them in those terms, but they have to understand that the importance of mask wearing and it's not to protect themselves only, but it's also to protect other people. Most definitely. And Vincent, the state fired the vaccine chief. You know, she's been on the news. I saw her interviews and like, and they're against vaccine messaging now, the Tennessee GOP. Like, are we serious? You want the kids to get polio, smallpox, all the vaccinations the kids get when they're first born and when they're getting older before they go to school? Like, mm. what is your thoughts about that and how they forced her out because she didn't want to let Bill Lee's political, religious views affect everybody in Tennessee? Yeah, Dr. Fiscus is um, a person that did what was right. Right. And she wasn't a yes person. She just felt like I've got to do what's right for the public health because she let the science lead. She let her medical training lead her conclusions, not her personal feelings. And that's what doctors are supposed to do. Right. We trust them to give us the best care and give us the best information because that's what we, we know that our lives depend on it. And I find it unnerving that we went to this 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 point. Now we're going. Now we're trying to backtrack. You know, I don't know if you remember. You know, Billy said we shouldn't follow the signs. We should leave it up to parents. Most parents don't have medical training. Um, we 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 are saying we. He literally just said that. I'm paraphrasing by by using that quote. He said like, don't follow the science. You know, we listen to parents. Is that the people who have dedicated their their lives? to studying these particular diseases in, in science, the immunologists, the epidemiologists, all this, those that have these specialty fields are telling you, this is not what we're supposed to do. And all of a sudden, their word is not good enough. You're gonna listen to your elected official who may um, be a plumber or who may be a banker or who may uh, you know, be uh, an attorney, but no medical training. So how do we, you know, let's take this, let's take the politics out of it. And, you know, and I, did you see the thing about the Wilson County, Williamson County um, school board meeting that they had, was it last night or the day before? No, last night. Before? Yeah. You know, and it's like, why are people so upset about wearing a piece of cloth over your face to protect yourself and others? That's the, I think that's selfish. So you can't say that you pro-right, pro-life when you won't even protect the life, right? So that doesn't make sense. It, two and two is not adding up to me. So there has to be an ulterior motive. Like I tell people all the time, I was born at night, but not last night. Mm -hmm. you know, there's one thing you do. You can't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. You got that so. right. And like you said, Vincent, you can't be pro-life. And you know, these pastors talking about God got me. How many pastors people have died who are of the cloth and got COVID and died? Or wishing on their deathbed, they wish they had the vaccine because right. 
I've, that's been my pitch to my friends. I'm like, look here, you can get the vaccine or you can get a body bag, vaccine or, or, or the vent, you know, alone COVID. Like, you don't want to put people in danger because Vince, I had a friend of mine, 36 years old. I'm a little younger than him. He died of COVID mm. here in Atlanta, going out, thinking it wasn't nothing, called it, two said he's gone. And this guy played ball with, right? Mm. And gone, 36. You know what? God gave us a lot of things here on earth to use for us, right? He, he gave us the plants to eat. He gave us animals, depending on where you come from, you know, if you're vegan or not, animals to eat. He gave us a lot of things. He gave us minds to think. He gave us free will, right? He gave us all the opportunities in order for us to enjoy the life that we have now. So for now to say, just God got me and just leave it there. God gave us the ability to, to have medicines that allow us to live longer. He gave us that. So why wouldn't you use those things that God gave us in order to protect people? You know, and you can't say that you're a Christian because this is truly a selfish endeavor that they're undertaking because every, the thing in, in the Bible, what, what does it say? Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And if I'm going to be my brother's keeper, I, I have a duty to protect you. Yes. And me not wearing a mask is not going to protect you. Um, I, 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 it's frustrating um, that people have these views and they feel like that it's infringing on their constitutional rights. But what about the, my child's constitutional rights not to be exposed to an unvaccinated, unmasked child that could possibly be exposed? Because if the child's not wearing it, you know, the parents not wearing it and the parents are probably 10 times more likely to get exposed to something than and bring it home to that child and that child be a carry, right? And he could possibly give it to my child and my child give it to me, you know? So it's just, that's just the most selfish act that I could ever think of in, in the United States. And I, it seems like we're going backwards. And instead of coming together, we're just growing apart. And, and sometimes I get so, I get sad when I sit down and think about it, because at the end of the day, most people just want to be safe, earn a good living, take care of their family and live a good life. But we get caught up in all this other stuff. Is it because that we have so much material stuff that we forget what's important um, to each other? What is it? What's the common thread here that where we can all use the Rodney King, all just get along, you know? Yes. Why can't we coexist and just want what's best for each other and have a better Tennessee. Last one, Vincent. We're gonna end on a fun note, man. Uh, Friday's gonna be for me, bittersweet for me on Friday, Vincent, because uh, Julio's coming back to Atlanta to play, to play the Falcons on Friday night. <laughs> sweet, bittersweet. I told him I'll have on my Falcon Julio Jones gear. I won't acknowledge you in that tight number two. <laughs> Just laughed at me, but Fritz, you gonna see me if your boy hurt Friday. See my man wearing tight and blue around the Falcons, tight like a red on Friday, man. Hey man, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to him doing what he's supposed to do, and um, I think the offense is gonna be very explosive. The goal is like we got to make the defense. We got to stop people. Um, you know, you know, it's always good to to outscore people, but you got to have a few stops. And so I think our defense can do it. I think we can pick up some key people. We just got to stay away from injury and do some things. I think um, Julio, I'm going to call him Mr. Jones. So that's how much I respect him. Mr. Jones and Mr. King, uh, and, no, the King, Mr. The Mr. King, Henry. Uh, 
those guys, you know, they're going to, they have the opportunity to do something special here. And um, I think that we can do it, man. I just, they just got to make sure that, that they carry that, have that chip on their shoulder and just play hard, man. And just, just power through it, man. I, Cause we need it here in Tennessee. We need something good. Sports bring people together, man. So I, I, I need them to do something because that, that uh, hopefully that will spark the love and that, the collaboration that we need in order to make this happen, man. No doubt. Well, Vince, thank you for your time. As always, man, I'll see some pictures from the game on Friday night, man. I'll tell you, I, I will be a little hurt seeing what I'm seeing, but I, I want to enjoy the vibe down there yeah. at the stadium on Friday yeah. night, man. Yeah, well, he probably won't play too much anyway, but, you know, get a few snaps, so. Yeah. Hopefully we get some other guys some chances, but you know we'll see how it goes. It's funny he'll stay at a hotel, not his, his own house in Atlanta, because he's with the team. So he'll they'll be here tomorrow night. So I go see him. But it's funny that he has to stay in a hotel, he has a house right in the city, he can't stay in his own house. It's funny when I think about yeah. that. Well, man, thank you, and uh, I appreciate. I always appreciate and enjoy talking with you. All right, Vince, you be safe, and I'll see you soon, buddy. All right, you too. All right now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.